the one, two, three show. And did you know that today kicks off Refugee Week? Lots of activities going on in Hong Kong, and there are actually thirteen to fourteen thousand refugees and asylum seekers seeking protection in Hong Kong, and most of them come from countries in Africa, Middle East, South Asia, and some from Southeast Asia. And obviously today marks the beginning of Refugee Week, so I thought it'd be a good idea to actually call in Tegan Smythe, founder of Grassroots Future, a charity that aims to support refugees in Hong Kong, and one of the lead organisers of events this week. And let me just welcome her to the studio. Good afternoon to you, Tegan. Hi, Sadia. Thanks for having me. It's always lovely to talk to you. Tegan has been a reasonable regular on one t- on the One Two Three <laughs> show. Now, Tegan, um, you know. It's you know Refugee Week is obviously very important, but obviously the whole situation with refugees and asylum seekers is a year-round thing, isn't it? So, Absolutely, and, and that is what you devote your time to. But tell me a little bit more about how important this week is specifically. Well, even this day, actually, because twentieth um, of June is actually World Refugee Day, yes. which is a UN uh, commemorated event. So every year around this time, there's different events around the world to basically celebrate and commemorate the survival and um, resilience of refugee populations around the world. Refugee Week is actually a festival that started in the UK. You might have actually Mm, come across mm. it at some point. It's been going for about 20 years. And uh, just during, I guess, COVID, they decided to make their festival a bit more digital. And as a result, they actually engaged different stakeholders in different countries to organise festivals because it wasn't just about holding you know, in-person events, but actually looking at finding different ways to engage. So we're actually, I think, one of five regions that are actually launching Refugee Week for the first time this year. So the others are in Greece, there's one in Germany, uh, there's Refugee Week Taiwan. So we're the second Asian city to have Refugee Week. That's fantastic. So a lot of kind of, um, you know, in Hong Kong, as I've just said, you know, 13 to 14,000 refugees and asylum seekers. I mean, you wouldn't even if somebody was to ask nobody would know that those figures I mean that's a huge number of people isn't it yeah I mean I think I think it might spook people but I think if you think in terms of the population as a whole it really isn't that many people um, because you know we're a population of 7 million Mm, in the city mm. so but it is significant in the sense that it's 14,000 people that don't have the right to work Basically, they live here and they're living hand to mouth. They are reliant on different charities and they don't really have that many chances to showcase their skills, which is problematic because it means that people are in this position where they're dependent on charity, but they're also not afforded opportunities to show their worth to wider society. Mm -hmm. And obviously, we know that everyone has talents, everyone has worth, and it's really just about having a platform to amplify that. But often they're not afforded that. So that's sort of why we're hoping with Refugee Week, but also our programming throughout the year that we can emphasize that, you know, everyone has a value and we can all contribute something. Now, for somebody who's probably not aware of exactly what it entails or what it is like to be a refugee, I mean, you know, we we live in this kind of comfortable zone where we've got ID cards and we go and do this and we can, we can claim this and do that. But, you know, what everyday life for them what is what is it that they're facing every day i mean because you said that like you know they can't work they can't officially work in in some place Mm -hmm. um and they're dependent upon on charities but you know how do you survive like that 
I think, honestly, to survive in that sort of situation, it's really just uncertainty every day. That's something that I think, whether you've had your case accepted, so you're in the minority of the asylum-seeking population, or if you are in the majority and you're waiting for your case to be heard, your day-to-day life is just filled with uncertainty. You don't know when you're next going to have an appearance in court, you know, to deal with your case, maybe until like the day before it actually happens. You might be waiting years to actually have your day in court. You don't know what's going to happen for your children. How do you survive in the meantime? I mean, you know, if you have to, and Hong Kong is one of the most expensive places to live in. Yeah, it is. Where do you live? How do you survive? What do you do? I think there was actually a report probably last month that Hong Kong is the most expensive city in the world. So um, people rely on subsidies given by a government contractor called ISS. And so that basically covers their housing and food, but it's really not that much to live on. So people are actually very dependent on different charities. So there's a number of organizations in Hong Kong that work with the refugee and asylum seeker population. um, And a few of them are organizing refugee Refugee Week with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of these organisations try to fill in the gaps, but you know, to be honest, there are so many gaps because a lot of basic needs are not fulfilled. Mm. And how yeah. much kind of support is available to them on the mental side? Because I mean, physically they're struggling mm. with all sorts of day-to-day activities, and this must take its toll, you know, on on their whole sort of well-being as such. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think just you know, being in uh, a city. In COVID, you know, Mm. just as, I guess, a Hong Kong ID card holder, that is difficult and taxing on your mental health. So it's obviously amplified if you're a member of the asylum-seeking population. So there are different charities that offer psychosocial support. Um, As an organization, Grassroots Future runs several uh, wellbeing programs. We have a few partners that help us run sports activities. We also do some crafts activities because we recognize that there's a link between art and therapy. So we've had some art therapists come in and help Mm -hmm. us as well. Mm -hmm. So now tell me about the week. What have you got planned and how can people get involved just to do their bit? Sure. So the first thing I'll say, because we're talking about mental health, um, the theme actually for this year is healing. Healing. So I think uh, there's lots of really interesting events happening. So the first thing that happened today uh, for World Refugee Day, Run HK, which is a charity, they had a photography competition and they've just announced the awards. So you can go on their Instagram and check it out. Um, On the 21st, which is tomorrow, one of our partners, Wise HK, is organizing a free online yoga class. Mm -hmm. which is open to everyone to join. Uh, On the 22nd, and this might interest you, we're doing a virtual uh, cook-along. So Mm -hmm. Grassroots Future is getting someone from the uh, refugee community to uh, showcase one of her, uh, well, actually two of her recipes, and we're going to broadcast the event on Zoom. And so we've got like booklets that people can sort of follow along with the recipe. Um, And then on the 24th, there is an exhibition being held by Branches of Hope, which is another charity. And lastly, our final event will be a four-way organised event with UNHCR HK Justice Centre Grassroots Future and Bless Vision Foundation. So this will be at Cowan Union Church on 25th of June, which is a Saturday. You can see all details of the event on the Refugee Week HK Instagram. 
That's fantastic. I know there's a lot. If you go to my Facebook page, I think I put the link there, actually. So if you click on that, you can actually unfold all of all the details that Tegan has just gone through. Tegan, it's, it must be very hard. I mean, you, I know that Grassroots, you you know, Future, you've just recently set up. It hasn't actually. How long has it been now? It's been uh, just under two years. Mm-hmm. So we finally got the, um, the charity registration in the middle of the pandemic in September mm-hmm. 2020. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So what has been... Um, um, you know, what has been the greatest challenge for you to set this up? I mean, honestly. I mean, the COVID, <laughs> COVID obviously, is probably on the top of everyone's yeah, list. Yeah. That, you know, to do that, to do anything during COVID has been a struggle. Um, I think it's the recognition that really, like, there's just been no good days for us. Um, because, you know, we sort of launched in September 2020 and it's just been... COVID the whole time. We've only known COVID and we've only operated during COVID. Um, I mean, I, I started doing this community organising in late 2016 um, and that was how I, I guess, pivoted into uh, setting up Grassroots Future. But I think the challenge has been that, you know, especially the last wave of COVID that we had in the city, there's just been so many people that have been left in the lurch um, and it means that it's hard to think about long-term growth, you know, as an organisation when, you know, people are struggling to put food on the table and, you know, not just my charity, but many refugee charities, all that we've really been doing is surviving this mm-hmm. year, you know, mm-hmm. because there's just been so many needs. Um, so I think in a way, like Refugee Week has been a nice thing to organise because I think maybe it's the first time this year that we've, you know, been talking to the news, to the press about something other than the fact that people are getting inadequate supplies of food, which mm-hmm. is the pressing problem mm-hmm. facing all of us. And are we all, are we also able now to have much more sort of face-to-face stuff? Have you been doing more things with people compared to sort of doing stuff online? So obviously we have to comply with local social distancing restrictions. So mm-hmm. the nature of Refugee Week this year is a hybrid festival. So we do have some events online and some events uh, in person, but we're, you know, obviously trying to comply with local restrictions and make sure that everything we do is above board. Mm -hmm. If you could, um, you know, it's one of those questions I always sort of ask that if you could have one wish um, to do something, to change something, what would your one wish be to make things easier for you? Oh, that's a really great question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Honestly, I think... You know, it would be pretty simple to say to wish that COVID didn't happen. But I think, you know, honestly, in some ways, it's forced all of us to work closer together. Mm. So I, I think that in some ways, you know, having these challenges has sort of meant that our different organizations, and I'm speaking specifically about the Refugee Concern Network, we've had to work closer together. And I think that's been, you know, powerful. I mm-hmm. think we always do better work together. Um, I think the one thing I'd probably change is that, you know, I hope that people are more receptive to, I guess, like helping other people. Um, I I know that temporarily earlier this year, um, there was a tension because of the the war in Ukraine and, you know, everyone was talking about refugees. I just hope that we don't just talk about refugees during Refugee Week. I hope we don't just talk about refugees when a humanitarian disaster happens. I hope it just becomes part of our natural dialogue. Mm. What can say just, you know, everyday people, you know, who are just listening at the moment, if they just wanted to help in some way, what is the best way that they can actually help? 
I think honestly, reaching out to different charities and organisations would be the most helpful thing. So one of our partners, Refugee Union, Refugee-led society, they're always looking for different donations. So, you know, if you're leaving Hong Kong or you know someone who is, they definitely would love to get some support with, you know, any household goods, donations. If you want to donate your time, uh, Grassroots Future is always looking for volunteers, but also many different refugee charities are as well. So I think just reach out and that probably would help really more than anything else. Fantastic. Tegan, thank you so much for coming in today. I think there's lots of information there. And as I said, you know, go over to the Facebook page. If you click on that, there's a link there, which will give you all the details about what's going on this week. And really, it's not just about this week, is it? It's about yeah. any time of the year. Absolutely. And you guys were doing a super job. And But thank you so much for coming in. And again, you know, please do come back when you've got some more updates. Thanks. <laughs>